Welcome, everybody. This is Sharon Smith, and this is Iambic Poetry Podcast presents Real Poetry. I am here with my co-hosts, Marvin and Auntie Vise. Say what up, everyone. Woo! Woo! What up? <laughs> okay. Oh, less enthusiasm in that one. <laughs> okay. So, the movie we're going to review today is 2011 uh, Speak to Me in Poetry starring uh, uh, Greg Barrett and Lauren Archer directed by Matt Williams and the, synop- and the synopsis of the movie or, or the plot is basically Ben who's the protagonist can't talk to girls as well so he makes a wish into a wishing well to talk to them with po- poetically, which goes astray because he basically now speaks in nursery rhyme speech to everybody. And it goes into a fact of his trials and tribulations because he wants to speak to one girl. Now his whole world's in a flux and he's trying to get rid of this and reading recant his wish but he has to finish his task before he's able to recant the budget of this was five thousand dollars clearly it was was, it's independent it was on amazon prime if you saw it go see it to Mm -hmm. my (laughs) co-hosts okay i'm gonna leash y'all if you guys can't tell already (laughs) Sharon <laughs> okay. owes us two hours of our life back. What? I was oh. I was more of a person before I saw that movie. Okay. Than I am now. Okay. I, I can see we have some tension. Marvin, tell me your tension on this movie. How do you think about your commentary? You know, surprisingly, I I don't hate this movie as much as I hate Mulan, unsurprisingly. But well, no, it's still no, a pretty nobody bad will movie. be surprised by that. Okay. Yeah, but oh my god, I oh god, I watched this on a Wednesday, and I was like really excited that it was like at the end of my Wednesday. All of a sudden, I was watching this. Was like, I didn't think it was possible, but my week literally just became longer. I, I, as I mentioned before, I am less of a person now than I was two hours ago when I watched this movie. It wow. was so bad. So bad. And I'm actually a little upset with you for forcing me to watch this. Oh, I don't even know where to begin. I guess when when we review, when we like do our full review of this later on, like during this episode, you'll you'll face the full brunt of how pissed wow. off I was about this oh, movie. Okay. I'm not knocking it for being an independent film or five thousand dollars. I'm knocking it on its writing ability and the insensitivity of the writers. Okay. Uh- Auntie Vice, you just well, finished well, it or finished majority. <laughs> I will I will say I now have the answer to a question of what happens when an after school gets special, gets fucked by a Hallmark movie, and has an unwanted <laughs> baby. Wow. It's um <laughs> like I've read bad writing. I had to read Fifty Shades of Grey because I when I was doing <laughs> interviews around Kink. And that was horrible writing. And this is 
This is lower than that. This was a whole new level. Like this was a whole oh. new level of. I don't want to call it bad, but it was definitely it's bad. Okay, fine, it's bad, but it was definitely corny too. This was like some cornball ass shit. Like I said, a Hallmark <laughs> movie fucked an after-school special and had an unwanted baby, and it was this movie. And Can it was just, all written by yeah. white people who had never met anybody but white people in their oh, entire totally. fucking life. You know, and like this is like such a product of its time too. Can I like just say real quick? Oh, I'm glad that like we're over like 2010 to 2015 era comedy where they kind of try to do like that hapless lovesick dork who goes well if i'm a nice guy maybe i'll get the girl then because they'll notice that i have a lack of personality but i can treat her right by being a complete nice guy right even though the whole point of society is to be a nice person so i'm doing the most basic bare minimum to this girl well (laughs) and I, I don't think they barely scratched one dimensionality of these characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, every character in here is a trope. It it was easy to read through this movie. And, like, the whole time when I was, like, I was, <laughs> he was, like, bitching about his ability to, like, speak in rhymes. Like, you know, that's not a bad thing. Like, if you can speak that easily in rhymes, and if it c- comes this easily to you, and, like, in my head, joking, I was like, he could be a rapper like that. That wouldn't be bad. Like he could, he could he actually need a vocabulary. Yeah. Like, no, but either way, I was like, okay, if he rhymes that quick and he can like think that quickly to rhyme, he wouldn't be that ha- He wouldn't be half bad of like a freestyler. Then the moment they started making him a rapper, I was like, okay, <laughs> okay. I was joking, but this is some insensitive, like cultural appropriation, distasteful shit right here. Like, yo, <laughs> you know, I don't drink because it reacts badly with me. When he <laughs> met the rappers, I paused the movie and I walked out and I got a whiskey <laughs> and walked back in. Sharon, we want our two hours back. <laughs> what? Okay. Okay. Sphere was better than this movie. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Black okay. Knight was had more depth than wow. this movie. Okay. Okay. Um, y'all are gonna like this then. Okay. So this was technically not on the list. Yeah, you added, chose it. You I, opted to have us watch it. I added Listeners, it. you cannot see this right now, but I'm giving Sharon a death glare. I'm also I will give him the one finger right snap. I'm also salute. giving him the finger too. Wow. I was okay, thank you. Okay. Two thirds of this podcast are incredibly angry at Sharon right now. Well well, well <laughs> I I I looked at the rest of the movies we had to watch. And a lot of them were either you have to pay because they're so damn independent that motherfuckers don't want you to see these things for free. I would have paid not to see this. <laughs> I will sell you money to not have to watch shit wow. like this again. I would have paid not to watch this. What are you doing? And, 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 you have pussy and cash for me not to watch shit like this again. <laughs> Plus, it said it was a comedy. And what I, was this about a com- What I, about this was a comedy? I... I was like, I've watched people fart on stage for three minutes, and that was more fucking comedy than that was in this film. This, it was more yes. thought out and developed as a character than anyone <laughs> in this film. Yes, this this had a lot of a lot of issues. Understatement that that need to be. So let's let's let me first. So Disney's going to be taking it and doing a remake, right? So, <laughs> so let me start off by telling you that this movie was. 
done by director Matthew Williams. Now, Matthew Williams, Ooh. he is a he was a writer and a director of this movie Ooh. and a producer. He's also his credits are he's been he wrote a he wrote on a couple series from Transformers: Robots in Disguise. From I mean, who the has new more, more characters than any of the people in this film? The new Ooh. Transformer, Mr. Director. You should feel bad for your bad work. <laughs> he has two other movies. Yes, like four of the movies that he's put out that will blacklist. One movie is called the. So I looked at the movies he's done, and it seems he does a lot of Christian movies. Oh, no oh, that explains fuck love. More reason to hate him. So there's a movie called The Virgin, The Virgins, and there's another one called The Pastor and the Professional that he's done. I know porns by those titles too. So, so I, I, I get how y'all feel. <laughs> Do this you? explains Do a you? lot. He sounds like a very preachy person. Not that being Christian's a bad thing, but he sounds like a very preachy Christian. Which He's a very white angry. Christian. Yeah. I hope yeah, white Jesus sits on a dick. They were decked out in their Walmart finest as the um, costuming for this damn film, too. Yeah. There was no money that went into to costuming. Nobody except for the fucking red headbands <laughs> on the two gangster war because he probably oh saw a Tupac God. album cover. Can we just like mention how how fucking corny and stupid it was? Like, like yeah, the underground rap scene. And the underground rap scene is just like some lame ass suburban house with a bunch of white kids. That right. Was, that was the whitest was rap white battle I have ever fucking seen. Oh, well, they got three black guys. Or well, well, yeah, two, but they two. had to find this dude. I just oh. want to mention that's the indie movie equivalent of saying I have black friends. <laughs> yes, I'm in the Republican. I'm, I'm in the Republican Party, and I have some black voter friends. That's it's the <laughs> Ben Carson of of black friends. There, that's wow. the Candace Owens of the black acting. Well, I, I mean, they kind of used that. They kind of used that. The, the darkest black actor they had on that whole thing, they kind of used him for a lot of things of being the hype man from being the battler from be, I mean, they used him a lot. I was, I was kind of like, wow, that guy, you know, he went to the wrong side of the tracks in Ohio to try and find these folks and recruit them. And it was only black people that white people. These were black guys that were so bland in their characteristics, but you know, they still made all those white folk on set nervous. This is some bullshit. <laughs> their 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 portrayal of them was like stere- so stereotypically bad. It's horrible. So, so stereotypically bad. And like the one line that sticks out to me, like when like what was the main character's name? Ben. Ben. Yeah. Ben. I can't even remember his name fully. That's how bland his character was. Ben. And like he makes the, he makes this line that like almost every rap battler makes in like every rap battle channel, like that goes, "You can't fool me." Like the, which is like the essential form of. You 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 can't talk shit to me. I've lived this life. I've been in this life. And like when Ben says it, I'm like, man, that is like the most unbelievable like, line I've well, ever yeah, heard. He's like, you don't know this the the stuff I've seen. I'm like, really? I yeah. probably guess. Yeah, I, 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 if he yeah, mistakes like, weed for crack. Yeah, like, dude, straight up, like, if I saw him in, like, a King of the Dot-styled rap battle and he went like that, I'd just, just be laughing my ass. I'm like, mm. seriously, dude? Seriously, I, I, I mean, I, I I was kind of surprised they went that route instead of like you know a you know a poetic 
poetry, going to recital, going to a library. Well, he went to a library a few many times. He did. No, 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 no. He went to a cafe shop. A fucking cafe <laughs> shop. At a and library. can I just like mention how unbelievable it is? The moment like he sees a wishing well, and the one thing he wishes is to speak to women in poetry. Well, because well, and the- oh, so, well, go ahead. Go ahead. The definition of poetry is sing-song, nursery rhyme, and rhyme-only bullshit yeah. with the vocabulary of a six-year-old. Yeah, Fuck like, you. all of a sudden, like, he speaks in poetry. Yeah, exactly. The moment, like, he speaks in poetry, it's just like, okay, I'm going to rhyme, and then I'm going to speak in, like, a, technically a smaller, higher grade of vocabulary. What the fuck is that? That doesn't make you good with women. That doesn't make you good with women. Yeah, because you and know I what really how- woos a woman? Dr. Seuss. Yeah, no, and I love how everybody in this movie like immediately goes, yeah, he rhymes. Dude, I rhyme in almost everything I say sometimes without even thinking about it, and no one even thinks about that. Well, they refer to it like, stop speaking like an Elizabethan. What? No, this is one fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish bullshit. This is not... I'm like, clearly he hasn't discovered free verse. Read some fucking poetry. Like... Well, is there... Any way we can share this to the director? I would like to share this. To the yeah, director. let's share it directly to because this was some white ass bullshit. That, <laughs> like even as the white person on this podcast, like I feel a need to apologize for it because it's so <laughs> fucking I'm, bad. I still can't get over. I still cannot get over the industry plant scene where they're like, yeah, like it wasn't an industry plant scene. Like they didn't make it mention of it being an industry plant scene, but it was an industry plant scene. Like. I was fucking insulted by that. Like, I'm not fucking... In no way am I part of the culture. But at the same time, I'm looking at this going, dude, what the fuck? This kid doesn't even want to be part of rap, but all of a sudden he makes money off of rap? This is like some straight-up Elvis steals rock white person, like, G-Eazy steals rap bullshit. And what rap production mogul works out of his McMansion-ass home (laughs) office with Curtains from Ikea! Fuck you! <laughs> I mean, it, it, it did get a little shady when he when he comes to the guy like he's a gangster. And he's like, oh, oh, sir, I got this rapper. He's very good. And then his base is, the, guys, the, guy, the, the, the gangster guy come behind him. He's like, where are these guys? Well, this is my cousin. So are they, did they write a contract? No. And it was, it the, was it the whitest way to say cousins? These are yeah. my cousins. It, 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 I, I ain't gonna lie. The light skin, punch somebody. The light skinned guys. I thought they were Puerto Rican. <laughs> they, they did. They did. Yeah, they fucking looked much more Puerto Rican than they did black. I, did, I thought they were Puerto Rican when they was like, it's like, oh, okay, or Arab, like, yeah, something in the in the in the, the methods. Yeah. Yes. My it, my ex brother in law from Morocco is hella darker than any of them. <laughs> oh, yeah. Awesome, awesome. Speaking of rap performances. The whole basis of you to lose the quote-unquote ability to speak in poetry is to get agency for yourself. Homie was doing that already. Right. Like, third quarter of the movie when he refused to perform or when he wanted to talk about his dead homeless friend. Oh, yeah. Dude, that was some, like, that was agency right there. The fact that he didn't want to perform as how the record label wanted him to do it was yeah. agency right there but he did but he still spoken rhymes like dude no the, the, the director has some terrible ideas or terrible thought of how agency is 
looked at because mm. that was agency right there. The moment he pulls a Kanye and does 10 minutes of the show before he goes on to whatever diatribe he does and mm-hmm. walks out was agency. So like, you can't tell me that the curse is still unbroken because dude, him calling out his b- b- stereotypical, typical bullshit roommate <laughs> was not agency. Him saying he has feelings for some chick he's been pining over, but has no balls to pine, like talk to. And then all of a sudden thinks just because I'm famous can get her or because I'm a nice dude can get her is not showing agency. It's him showing agency when he advocates for himself. But like, Mm -hmm. that's not the reason he breaks the curse. Dude, fuck that. Fuck that. Okay, so let's let's go on to that. Okay, so... His so he, one thing that caught my attention was his artist roommate who hasn't paid him rent for so long. <laughs> I just hear you just breathing like, why are you going strong? But the artist roommate who didn't pay rent, who had a girlfriend who seems she was kind of gullible on how they got together because he basically told her straight up. So what did I say to you? It's like you said to my eyes are pretty cool. See what I said? And I don't remember none of that crap. And she's like, don't you remember anything else I said? No. Let's make the point. <laughs> and why is every artist a dick in this movie? Like, yeah, again, who this hurt the writer? Stereo- this is some stereotypical corn-fed bullshit. And like I said, I'm kind of I'm extremely happy that we're like out of that era of like the early aughts, because like we did a lot of comedy. That was super fucking stereotypical like that, where they were just like cookie cutter bullshit. Dude, Kenneth from 30 Rock had more ethnicity than anybody in this goddamn movie. (laughs) More depth. Yeah. Jesus fucking Christ. I mean, it was, it had... Let me see. (laughs) You can't find a good word to say about it, can you? Really, honestly, it's hard somewhat to talk about this movie without having to go. I have no issues with it being low budget. I have issues with it being shitty. So terribly thought out. Yes. So terribly thought out. And I also, again, draw a bigger issue with you literally put a white guy who didn't want to be a rapper into a fucking rap scenario. I nothing screams industry plant bigger than that. Nothing screams cultural appropriation bigger mm-hmm. than that. Fuck you. <laughs> and maybe, maybe, th- like, so, like, no, 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 for sure. Social movement and social advocacy wasn't there in 2011. But as reviewers now and looking at it with a lens now, 10 years later, Absolutely, fuck you. <laughs> no, there was plenty of social agency and was social it? commentary. That, yeah, I was teaching at that point, and I was using plenty of poetry and rap lyrics to talk about different civil rights movements and, and the police and all of that. Okay, my and, bad then. Like, yeah. I was I was still a dipshit kid who wanted to get drunk at that point in my life, so I don't recall. <laughs> so if no, you no, were no. drunk at that point, you didn't realize it. But yeah, 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 no, no, no. Yeah, okay, no there was so I, I completely, I completely recant what I just said. I take it back. <laughs> Knowing that now, completely with, uh, completely without restraint, a massive fuck you. Yeah. So, so and has the has the writer producer? I did everything on this movie except fucking catering, dude. Has he ever read poetry? Because I didn't see anything other than fucking end rhyme and nursery rhyme rhythm. Yeah. 
That that's one of the things I think. I I assume the writer. He is the writer. The director is the writer of this movie too, and producer and uh, transportation and legal <laughs> and. Yeah, he had to do a lot. Casting director and yeah, <sighs> a lot of the a lot of the runs were were cookie cutter. Uh, but here's the thing that kept, that cracked me up was every time he every time that someone else spoke or something or you know those person was speaking he always finished it with a rhyme on what they said which always cracked me up because they'll say like man i had a day well how'd it go anyway it's like yeah no why exactly. can't you shut the fuck up <laughs> no no see that's why like and like i said like when i was like watching this and like putting down notes on like what i thought was interesting about it, it was like and i i, I jokingly put in my notes and it's like he could technically kind of be a funny rat battler. Like he could have pulled a Carter Deems from King of the Dot, where he was like this cornbread ass white rapper. Again, like I said, like nothing wrong with you being white and a rapper. Like, but again, you got to em- yeah, be good. Embrace the culture for mm-hmm. its full authenticity. But he didn't, and that's what pisses me off. That's so, what pisses me off. <laughs> so wait a minute. So if they actually had an actual freestyle rapper doing this script what do you think would have brought it out a little bit more because i mean i a guy who played ben greg barrett he, he, i don't think so he, I, i'm gonna be honest with you I, even if they got a rap like an actual mm-hmm. freestyler or what whatever from the industry like rap industry hip-hop right. industry in there i don't think that would like it, it would have improved this movie any <laughs> was the was the story just that I mean, the little corny, little corny preacher pastor scene where he basically went to the pastor to go get himself to get himself blessed because he he felt he got a curse, and the pastor changed him. That's made him do him. Okay, that was funny. I'm gonna admit that was kind of funny. He's never been to a charismatic church though, because that shit don't happen. I'm gonna say this right now purely because like I there is nothing I love shitting more on is religion. And more specifically, God, and I'm going to probably get hate for this, Christianity. <laughs> and I don't mean, like, as a whole, but I mean, like, white Jesus Christianity, right. where they try to shove that shit down your throat. And they go, like, oh, Jesus was here in this United States the whole time. No, fuck you. It's only been here, like, since the 50s. Like, that, that's, that's the whole shit. point. But, <laughs> yeah, but essentially... I, I love nothing more than to shit on any kind of authority that likes to try to set the precursor to anything. And it kind of made me laugh when he's like, you spoke in tongues. Oh my God, bless me. It was like, man, that kind of like just reminds me. That's of not speaking like in now. tongues. It's not, but he loved it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm not going to lie. That kind of made me laugh because it, it spoke to a little part of me that just loves this shit on a Christianity. <laughs> Like, that, like the that, only shit time you see that is people who claim they're speaking in tongues, but then they rehash like the last two thirds of the sermon, yes. mm-hmm. and you know they're fucking plans. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, that I'm gonna I'm willingly gonna admit that was the only thing I found funny. But the only the other thing I'm going to give any kind of kudos to this movie to, okay. and I honestly think it was unintentional. This was a very dark and accurate portrayal of what mental health illness and poverty looks like in the U.S. And like, oh, with the, the when he was basically with the, the motherfucker. The yeah, no, it's not even just a homeless guy. You see a very accurate portrayal of what it looks like when someone loses everything. Like oh, okay. one bad one bad day completely fucks you over. 
I'm not. You, you okay? So he rhymes, whatever, big deal. But I, the way I saw it when I was watching it, and I interpreted it as, okay, this is a mental illness. He has trouble uh-huh. com- communicating with someone, and in turn, that causes his job to be at jeopardy, where his employer doesn't want to keep him on board because of whatever conceived notion that is. And then in turn, when he tries to look for another job because he doesn't have the adequate help or adequate medication or whatever resources available to him, he continues down that spiral and it only gets worse with alcoholism. And then with that alcoholism, what is he able to do productively when we don't have those resources? He, of course, loses his job he can't continue his job he loses his home and he becomes homeless and when he sits in a fucking corner because he can't pay for almost anything people laugh at him and there's that continued stigma of it and i thought that was a real and i honestly that's kind of when the movie was picking up for me because like again i thought that wasn't intentional but if the movie continued on down that path where it kept exploring that unintentionally i honestly think i would have been okay Kind of, not full, fully, but I would have been. Except they incorporate people who is all about shaming homeless people. And oh yeah, totally, totally. Like their approach to it is, well, this is the worst part of the, you know, and you know, the when they go to drink, they have half a pint, and mm-hmm. the two of them get so fucking ripped. Like, and then he mistakes he weed for crack, mm-hmm. and it was like that type of shit. I was like. Uh, you don't even know what you're talking about. Can I also say how, like, this is, like, some, like, this guy, this director was, like, totally from white suburbia. The homeless. Oh, shit. ODs. He fucking ODs, and he's, like, trying to call an ambulance, and mid-ODs, like, no, it's too late for me, but you, you have a future. Mid-OD. Have you not understood what an overdose is? That's when your body loses, like, is trying to cope with everything and loses oxygen to perform most of its primary functions, you dumbass. And and the cleanest fucking homeless people in the world. Yeah, and you have a homeless person just lying there, not even foaming at the mouth, just going mid-OD, oh, oh, no, it's too late for me. It's the equivalent of dying in an opera and dying of consumption while you can still hit high C. <laughs> exactly. I fucking texted Sharon this last night and he he's like, he fucking spoke mid-OD. And coherently. <laughs> fucking coherently. But, okay, okay. We but, want two hours back. I want to rewind some part where Marvin was pointed out about this. Having uh, relation, this relationship with mental illness, and you actually hit a, You actually hit something that I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I did not foresee. I I, I saw the ridiculousness of this movie, but you're right. Um, um, mental um, mental illness or mental health. This is kind of a scene where people are so enthralled with why don't you just be normal, and their whole their whole thought is he's trying to be. He's trying to comprehend every, you know, he's trying to try to say what he needs to say to you, but you don't want to take it. And with that the association, you know, it does, you do make a good point. It's like, you know, the, he, the guy's trying to, he's trying to act like nothing's wrong when he's doing his presentation, but he keeps getting egged on by his boss to say something. It'll just be like somebody who basically had, um, uh, 
starts with a T. Uh, Tan Tourette's. Tourette's. Yeah, someone has Tourette's syndrome, and he's trying to do a, a presentation and you know freaking out. It doesn't have to be you know they always say Tourette's has bad words, but he just has to freak out and stuff, and he's not he's not fully into it and just fires the guy. I mean, if you take out if you take out the poetry and put some Tourette's. Then people would have saw like, oh my god, this guy's having some issues. But it's the same difference. Yeah, I, I had the ADA. Yeah, I completely took it as like he had bipolar disorder or schizophrenia. Yeah. Like, let me go again. Like, if I completely replaced whatever stupid cornball ass rhymes he's doing, <laughs> and replaced it with either any mental illness mm-hmm. that completely hinders a person's ability to communicate properly. Yeah, that's how I took it, mm-hmm. and it's not like anyone hasn't seen that happen before. That has happened multiple times, and given how we here in this U.S. where we don't put enough advocacy advocacy for that, it is totally unchecked. And sometimes some people don't even notice that as a specific mental illness. They just mm-hmm. see someone that be who is completely irrational. Mm-hmm. And if we want to look the, at the boss, despite however lame and stereotypical which i've we can probably turn this episode into a drinking game of how many times i've used cornball and stereotypical (laughs) but as stereotypical as he is is probably again how someone right now literally in 2021 could look at someone's mental health illness it's not pretty far off with how things are now like again I've met plenty of people at my current job who would treat it like that, who would Mm -hmm. treat a specific individual who is acting out like that and not look at it, try to look at its root problem. I've seen plenty of coworkers who have made comments when we've gone out on like lunches together. Like, oh God, I can't believe there are homeless people here in Folsom. I was like, dude, Mm -hmm. no, they've been driven away. You can't say shit like that. Like, no. And Mm -hmm. that was... Again, I personally believe this was unintentional on the director's yeah. part, and it's, it, it's very obvious it was unintentional on the director's part, but yeah, that was a very good look, in my opinion, of what that is like here. So, so, it, so even though it was, it was rendered a comedy... Inadvertently, yeah, it was good. It, it was basically a good awareness of... of yeah, I agree. Like, yeah, essentially, yeah. I think those are the only good maybe 15 minute runtime of the entire movie. <laughs> so you, owe, the, you owe more and, than an hour and 45 minutes. Yes. Two hours. Hour, hour and 44 minutes and 50, 45 seconds. Because again, I still like the, you're speaking in tongues. <laughs> so, so he also had a moment. Okay. So let's, 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 let's break down this part. So Ben himself Basically, lost his job. He lost. He lost his um. Well, he tried to go out the girl he liked that he's been trying to get with, but she didn't like that. He kept. He she liked that he one time got to start to go to the date, but she didn't like him after that because it got to the point where it got. She got annoyed with him, mm-hmm. and even though he was, he's been trying. He's trying hard to get to this girl. He gets the date, but the girl doesn't want him because he's not. She's he's not as she points it normal with all his with his speech. So the part that here's the part that caught my attention. Now, his roommate's girlfriend, I thought she was gonna get with him. 
That's because what I thought too. That's what I thought too. That I would have accepted that so much harder. Yeah. Than him chasing after some lame ass crush. <laughs> and yeah. why she's such the typical blonde, you know, blue eyed, slender, like down to the fucking French tip. Oh god. She had everything but the goddamn bump it. Remember as you first saw the movie, you say it's like, why is he such a creeper? <laughs> he is. He's hella creepy. At the beginning of the movie. He's got a total rapey vibe. He's gross. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. I'm watching him at the beginning of the movie. I'm like, no, I told Sharon, I'm like, dude, he looks like he's hella creepy. He's going to come back to the office with a goddamn gun when she turns him down because that's the affect he has. I, again, like, somebody, like I said previously, dude, everything about this movie is unrealistic. I'm going to say this right now. If I were him and I saw an actual wishing well and I read that sign and none of you guys were watching and I had a coin, I'd probably throw it in there and be like, hmm, I want a million dollars. Or, hmm, I want 12 inches. Or, I don't know, because we saw it in the actor. God, I feel bad for doing this. <laughs> I want thicker hair. Really? You kind of wish for a Rogaine subscription. Jesus. I didn't know that. It was sad trying to look at the belt. I think he was trying to play a twenty-year-old, but just that whole—yes, with a twenty-year-old beyond bald spot. Yes, I know you saw it because it was super obvious. But, and I feel bad for saying that. But oh my god, if if this was like a real-life scenario and that well actually did that, speaking in rhymes like that would not be the worst thing in the world. <laughs> I got—I I literally looked at it. It's like that actually be funny. And I'm a and and I personally am a big enough dick. To, actually enjoyed that to be honest with you i would have wished for something a lot more practical mm-hmm. although a 12 inch dick is not practical no but that's like the general male yeah. thing you know yeah, it so like, it, it, it's the general male thing <laughs> one thing that did bother me on this was the um the rap mogul's assistant she what always was always like you need to, you need to do this for me and try to you know try to basically throw advances on him, try to advance herself on him with everything by you know want to lay with him. You need to get your stuff together because I, you're you're costing my job. And he's kissing them and stuff. It's like yeah, there are two plausible like love interest moments in this movie that would have yeah. made a lot more sense than him trying to I don't know break into a wedding. <laughs> And, and what is it with the assistant creeping on this pigeon-chested bald dude? Like, <laughs> oh man, I just opened a Pandora's box on that. Yeah, you yeah, know who's coming through that office? He is not the top option. <laughs> yeah. But but like like we pointed out that the it, the girl he tried to get with turned him down or they went on a date but then turned him down and then came back after he became famous and he even pointed out to her so, so what you just like because I'm famous now I and then he tried to get with you know she tried to basically get the him to tell her did you basically tell the interviewer that story about you wanted to you wanted to talk to a girl so you basically did this wish was that me and he's like, and he paid, and fucking this, course he said it was you. Well, well, remember, he first what is said, this? Some middle school ass bullshit. <laughs> well, remember, no, this first, is this is a suburban white dude fantasy. Really, this is a total suburban, yeah, yeah. right? 
you don't feel empowered, so you have to rebel against the daddy figure in your life and stand up to your daddy figure, and you've got to go after the unattainable girl and stand up for your boss because you just feel so misunderstood, and, you know, you you feel like you're so victimized by society because you're such really an outsider, but you're really just a good guy at the core. Like, this is every fucking dude on the internet who hits me up, and then when I tell him I'm not interested, all of a sudden I'm a bitch. This is their fantasy movie, and it's... Oh, oh yeah, my no, god, every up. fucking white guy fantasy movie, you know, I have daddy issues and this is how I'm going to rebel and stand up without ever having to take a real risk, without ever dealing with any real issues, with only being one-dimensional. This is Yeah, no, straight up, I completely agree with you. Like I said, like I said earlier in the movie, look, this is some lame-ass kid who's like, if I'm just a nice guy, she'll like me. He's like, no, mm-hmm. no. The whole base of society, the bare minimum of society, is to be a nice slash decent person. Mm-hmm. You giving that bare minimum to a love interest no, does nothing. Does yeah. nothing when that's the bare minimum. Just because someone is an asshole in your eyes and your regard doesn't mean anything. That's just a personality trait. That doesn't mean they are truly an asshole. Yeah. Well, and he's so victimized. You know, his roommate has the girl, but he's you know, it's this poor artist, and he doesn't treat his girl well, but he gets the girl, and this this poor pigeon-chested white boy with feeling so victimized, and it's just, ugh. No, and I, yeah, I get it, Like, and I'm not going to lie. That was me to an extent and point when I was younger, younger. Mm-hmm. But after time, you Not by the time you're that bald. Yeah, but like clearly, like, and they in the movie mentioned, like, he's a what a web designer, he's a college grad. I expect someone who's a college grad and a web designer who gets gainful employment and eight to five employment to fucking develop some personality and stop thinking that, well, I just want someone to realize I'm a nice person because everybody doesn't be a nice person with me, like me. No. And what no, web designer not. keeps their unemployed artist that they don't like in their house rather than turn it into a fucking Airbnb to pay the bills? Oh, like, yeah. Totally. Y'all got a side hustle. Like, come on. Yeah. Honestly, if you're a web designer in 2011, you're making bank. You can buy your own house. 2011 web designers, prior to the internet being the self help book that it is, were making pretty good money. <laughs> and he, he went to the library, he did Google shit. No, he didn't. He's he a web designer. Library. He doesn't have a home computer. He, what the fuck? Well, well, well. Remember, he he did Google when he had to go find. He did Google and also call, but he Googled after he called the um the chapel to find where the girls the directions <laughs> the directions yes, and then he just Googled it and went to it. But but there there is an extra there is an extra <laughs> there is an extra pl- uh, plot point in this whole movie too was the fact that. His his um mother was living with an abusive um stepfather. That he that he basically that realized he was abusive, acknowledged it. Both of them acknowledged it, and it was like both are choosing. Like really, that that's how an abusive relationships works. Is you recognize you are a violent asshole, and you will actually use those words. And nobody goes, oh yeah, maybe I should relook at this. Honestly. <laughs> I'm going back to the agency conversation I was having prior where he refuses to do like several shows. Mm-hmm. Again, that was agency. 
Right. You angrily telling off your roommate, you angrily telling off your stepfather, and angrily telling off your boss isn't agency. That's you performing a very terrible emotional response. Just because mm-hmm. you're yelling doesn't mean you're advocating for yourself. Like, no. I, I'd like to point that out right now, very mm-hmm. quickly. That's just a very emo- bad emotional behavior. And I feel like, yeah, dude, men gotta stop doing that, man. Yep. <laughs> it, it's just like, and people keep saying, it's like, well, you're just so emotional. It's like, dude, and anger isn't an emotion. Right. Fuck off with that. Fuck off with that. <laughs> God, I'm just so glad sometimes we're out of 2011, like those 2000 aughts eras, because like, fuck, man, those are such, such <laughs> those terrible moments in history. Well, we we noticed that this movie was done in Los Angeles, uh, you know, interesting time and stuff. They well, because they had no location budget. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, true. Hey, do doing your backyard. Hey, do it. Um, I'm, I'm curious what that five thousand dollars was spent on, because um, gas. It wasn't spent on any good writing or <laughs> acting. Decent lighting. You know, lighting was shit in this movie. What? The lighting was oh, yeah. shit. It was bad yeah, it was. it was. It was. I mean, they clearly didn't pay for like the sets because <laughs> what kind of fucking bullshit office was that? That Yeah, we, we did have a talk about that. I think they just got like, time for a warehouse mm-hmm. or someone or some. Or, or someone basically had a warehouse that they basically like. Hey, They're going they, into somebody's work site in the back rooms without the cameras the on a weekend <laughs> to get the shots done. Yeah. My favorite is the real part. My favorite is still going to be when they mention the underground rap scene, dude. You just had a rap, quote unquote, rap battle, awkward rap battle, might I add, in somebody's living room. Yeah, at Stacy's mom's living room <laughs> without no. blanket over the goddamn window. Yeah, exactly. It, it it did make me a little upset about the DJs that kept on using because it just and what like... the fuck was up with the DJ at the rap battle? What, like one? what ZZ Top reject <laughs> did they find that yeah. somehow is also DJ in a rap battle? Yeah, enough hearing about the two people who are not part of hip hop culture. Let's talk to the one person who is part of it, the DJ. What was your thoughts on that? Hmm? Hmm? Well, I, 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 what, what made me a little more disturbed, not them. I mean, I know there was no, there probably was no music. They, they had nothing. Was the fact that the mic was not plugged in. <laughs> the mic, they kept on passing this mic like they're, like it's a wireless one. I'm looking at it like they didn't plug the sucker in. They got all this lighting going on or acting like, and then you look at the audience and I'm like, this is the whitest audience in the freaking world. I mean, right? It's like, oh yeah, no. That was like no- I, I've been to Uncle Uncle Cracker concerts in Baltimore with a more diverse audience. Oh yeah, no, straight up, that was some. We're gonna listen to some LMAO crowd, <laughs> and Train pulls a more diverse yeah, yeah, audience exactly. than that and, rap battle. Yeah, it's like we 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 listen to LMFAO. Yeah, we listen to Drake. We we, we know rap. Some billboards bullshit. I mean, no, this is this is this is a group that thinks Drake is hardcore. Okay, <laughs> this is people who will cite Miley Cyrus as doing rap. Okay, like yeah. Taylor cool. Swift. You know, I'll probably say Ariana Grande's Seven Rings with some good bars. <laughs> And even though people people may or may not see this movie, it was a spoiler. Don't. What? 
Don't see it. I, people, this is a spoiler. Knowing at the end and the third part, he's done all these. As 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 Marvin pointed out, the agency itself is kind of ridiculous. But him finding out that his girl, he what he's been dying to get with, is getting ready to get married, and he goes to see her and basically doesn't break it up. He just sits there. See, she ain't gonna go with him. I'm not. I'm, I, I then laugh. he stays for the goddamn wedding. Stays for the wedding. And then he, he sits on the bus and he smiles for what? What is this? He- is, no, he smiled because somebody watched The Graduate way too many fucking times <laughs> because he tried to find a church as close to the one in The Fucking Graduate and thought, oh, this is going to be my Dustin Hoffman moment. This is deep. I, it, it did crap my attention when it was, he walked, they, they did the whole little church scene, but the thing was outside. And what bride, three minutes before she walks down the aisle, has no attendant? Oh, yeah, it was. It was yeah, was yeah. Weird. It was kind of weird on that one, too. I mean, even the even the, the groom trying to go, why are you little? <laughs> and she points him back, no! I was like... Well, and if you look at the credits, it's all just their friends and family who showed up for this shit. Like, there's no real actors. There's no real depth to this. I bet you anything, they're the kind of friends and family. Like, oh, it was so good. We're so proud of you. You're such a talented individual. And then he makes a bunch of his dreams. Yeah, and then he makes a bunch of Christian movies about why Jesus. And you know, at the 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 movie premiere, they serve that goddamn punch that Seven Up over Sherbert. (laughs) Wow. Okay, well, I see we ragtime this movie a little long. We should start doing looking into Snap Judgment. Really? There's a question on this one? The question is, was Hold it better on. than kindergarten? Hang on. So, we do Snap Judgment. On Snap Judgment, we basically rate the movie that we reviewed. We gave it three snaps. It's basically the greatest thing in the world. That independence should go grant it should go into the Oscar nomination. Two snaps. It was not bad, but it's not that good. One snap, it needs to go in the trash somewhere between the the, the land the landfill and also a toss of waste dump. Uh, this movie we give it increments of a half a snap increment. I would like to hear from Marvin. What do you rate this speak to me in poetry movie? Half a snap. That's all it is. There's no poetry needed to say how bad it was. It was just bad. The movie itself was its own poetry of bad. Uh, And you should feel sad, Mr. Wrecker. (laughs) Very sad for the bad work you've done. What do you give it on device? This movie was a curse. I'd give it zero, if not worse. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were going to give it the middle finger. (laughs) Now, the question here is, because I recall there was another movie that you could not stand either. Was this Kindergarten Teacher bad or worse? This was worse than Kindergarten Teacher. Oh. This? Yeah, this is worse That's true. No, the Kindergarten Teacher had some production value. (laughs) Yes. This, this basically, at least with kindergarten teacher, they actually had an actual proficient and decent and decent poetry. Yes, but I also like to say, what was the director's name? Michael. I don't. Know. Matt Matt Wilson. Doesn't matter, Matt. Well, doesn't matter, Matt Wilson. Congrats, you still weren't Mulan levels of bad for me. 
But uh, you haven't still... completely destroyed a cultural element. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he has, but it, it hasn't pissed me off enough yet. As much. Yeah. You, it, it, it's bad. It wasn't as bad, but you should still very feel very sad about your work because it made me mad. <laughs> so I was so I now became I now came to a little of a crossroad. I was gonna I my mind was when I first saw it, I thought, wow, this is sad. This is not good. But by hearing what Marvin said about the mental the mental health um, side of this, it kind of changed my perspective on now the movie. I actually thought, you know, might as well get a one, a one snap, because I because I didn't think about that part of it. If you take out the, you know, even though they said they said this was a comedy, which I, I don't know, I, I got I got a show. Maybe I gotta show some white people I know. I don't know. <laughs> Let's see if they laugh at this. I don't. I it, don't it, it better be the kind of white people who love to put mayo in their desserts. I mean, I raisins got a, in their potato I got salad. A, I got a couple I can maybe find and see if they even think this is even funny. But the fact that it did have that mental aspect, which I didn't, even, I didn't think about until Marvin brought it up. That actually, I gave it another snap, another half snap. Because I was going to give this thing a zero or just a just a half snap. I'm giving it a one snap because that little thing people don't talk about. As Marvin pointed out, people don't talk about even though they went outlandish with the rest of the movie, him doing a rap battle, him drinking, uh, his friend, his um, bum friend, basically uh, stripping a guy, you know, pulling the guy's pants down four freaking times, and no one. And the dude never turns around. Yeah. I mean, if, the, if there is like anything in the movie that extre- like exemplifies like how we do not see the homeless problem, mm-hmm. that was a whoops, my pants fell down. I guess I'll just pull it back up and not look for the root of the was, problem. But it wasn't a homeless guy. It was another guy who was like a business guy waiting for the bus, right. and the homeless guy just kept on running at him, pulling his pants down, running away, going. <laughs> and then he let his, they let the Ben do it once, and they like, huh? They had a, a chuckle. Which is like, I don't understand this chuckle. (laughs) But our ratings have not been shown. One snap from me. (laughs) A half snap from Marvin. You give it nothing? You you give it nothing? Nothing. So all in all, people, this movie gets one and a half snaps out of nine. Nine. Sad, sad day. Mm-hmm. Which, which is kind of weird. I, I gotta go back and listen, and listen to the kindergarten teacher and see how bad that was. I think we gave that one at least about three. Th- yeah, we no, do. Like I think I we think two and gave... a half, three. Yeah. yeah, like we. You gave it the highest score. I you mean, gave it two. Yeah, but <laughs> but collectively, on TV and I were unsurprisingly upset about that movie, but not she not as bad about this. <laughs> With a finger, yeah, no, she she gave it the one finger salute. I gave it the one finger salute. I didn't give it the one finger salute, but I I recall the one finger salute for the Mm -hmm. kindergarten teacher. I recall giving it a one. I don't remember if you gave it a one and a half or a two, but well, look it up and see. But I'm I'm just saying, all in all, right now, I am surprised 
hot device, you did not give it a middle finger, a uh, one finger salute. I'm actually surprised. See, but that would be a lot more honor than this movie deserves. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So kindergarten that got that honor why this movie does not get even nope. kindergarten okay but but Put this kindergarten in with mayo and raisin salad like kindergarten teacher had pacing it may have had its own stereotypical issues but and it, it had decent acting oh so decent acting, it had, it had yeah. better better lighting hey we're getting some good parts about kindergarten teacher <laughs> Dude, when you can say Maggie Gyllenhaal was well lit is the best compliment you can give the movie, it ain't worth saying. Mm-hmm. It won awards. <laughs> but we the animals didn't. But we the animals didn't. Right. People are, f- yeah. people are fucking stupid. <laughs> that was still one of my favorite movies we reviewed. Like, I fucking yeah, love that it's movie. It's a great movie. If that kid movie. was real, I would just give him a hug and just go, yeah. 10 years from now. 10 years from now, things will change. You'll, you'll, yeah. You'll hopefully go off to college. Hopefully you'll find a way away from your family and mm-hmm. things will be okay. Honestly, I just wanted to give the kid a hug and tell him that. Mm. Yeah. I, I feel your pain, y'all. Now, we've already covered this movie. As you can see that this movie is trash. Uh, but there is something where people can actually get some uh, Ideas from this movie that could be used. Maybe only a 15-minute interval. Maybe a 15-minute interval of what, yeah, not to do, but of a mental health thing that has not been talked about. But it did go a little outlandish. Matt Williams. If you take anything from this movie, it's have somebody who's not white read your fucking script. But but if that's the case, then that wouldn't be, you know how many movies were made that White people have kind of slandered on. I mean, think about think about um all the African movies that they have made. Right, have people who aren't white read your fucking scripts. Mm-hmm. Also, if you're gonna do a movie about another culture and you're white, please, for the love of God, make the entire cast who's of that specific culture speak in their native fucking language. Okay. Wow. Okay, there, there's, that's the move on hit. Okay, just letting people know. <laughs> All right. So, as you now know, our movie is 1.5 out of 9. We're just saying to you, if you, it's, it's on Amazon Prime. If you want to go see Pass. Brave. Just watch something else, Brave. Dude. Yeah, really. <laughs> watch a rerun of The Office. Do something. Dude, you know what's a good movie to watch that's two hours? Watch Soul. Watch Soul. I haven't seen it yet. It's great. It's you have my Disney Plus. You have my Disney Plus. Watch it. watched it over you, Christmas. I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it. I, I, didn't. Watch it yet, but you I did. know. You yeah. were out doing something. You want to watch a movie about music industry and that's great? Watch Soul. That will touch your heart. Don't watch this. You want a good poetry and rap battle movie? Go watch the 40-year-old version. That was brilliant. That was great. That shit. was great. Yeah. The rap battle alone is just that. I am I am so in love with Rada Bank, I can't even tell you. Oh, like, straight up, straight up. That was independent too. Yeah. <laughs> the moment where Dee and her have their sex. Yeah. Completely believable. Completely believable. You wanna know why? I would have done the same thing. He's a great I, person. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah, that was a brilliant movie. This? No. Mm-hmm. Also, those kids? Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. As you can see, my co-host is there pointed out 
other movies that we have talked about as recommendations to this. As we point out, this movie's 1.5 out of 9 snaps. Marvin, tell your social media as we click on out. Yeah, you can find me on IG, StarvinMarvin09. Auntie Vice. You can find me at Auntie Vice, A-U-N-T-I-E Vice, on most social media. Uh, my website is AuntieVice.com. And through the end of January, you can find me every night at 6 p.m. Pacific time with Wicked Grounds, teaching 30 days to kinky self-discovery. And you can find iambic poetry podcast on all streaming media please share subscribe tell your friends like if you have a comment if you've seen one of our if you've seen one of the movies we've we've done and you think it's better let us know let us know on facebook we're iambic zine on all social media it's iambic z that's i-a-m-b-i-c-z-i-n-e look us up I am Sharon. That's Marvin. That right there is Auntie Vice. We are the real poets. R-E-L. This is real poetry. Signing off. Be safe, y'all. I I'm billing you for those two hours I lost. What? Two hours? It was an hour and a half. Of... Okay, okay. We're rounding up. <laughs> Later, y'all. Peace. <laughs>